Culture Podcast with Alaska, Curly Castro, and Zilla Rock. So today I wanted to talk about something that's been um that's been eating my craw. It's been really bothering me um, in recent times. In light of how many people we've been losing in hip hop recently, we've had a um like a rap midlife crisis in terms of we lost a lot of MCs in their 48, 49, 50 year old range. That would be um, people like Houdini. Um, no, excuse me, not ecstasy of Houdini. Right. Um, DMX passed, Black Rob passed. Humpty. We've also been suffering. Hmm? The Umpty, yes. Yeah, forgive me. We're just, you know, we're just going to go through people. We're going to be talking about a number of people tonight. Also, we've been having a crisis of some, some of our young warriors getting snuffed out for many, many reasons, mainly jealousy and hatred, if you ask me, because Young Dog was a shining star. Mm. We all knew about Young Dog, and for him to get murked that way is just unseemly. Nipsey Hussle, a, a few other cats. But I bring them up secondarily because my issue is, is I'm coming to bear, that I'm looking at the news sometimes, and I see um, maybe another little news break about another rapper getting shot. Not a rapper dying, but a rapper getting shot. And see, and you know, transitioning. But if you ask me, and I look, and I do any research onto this newscast or whatever, I've never seen them talk about this rapper in any way, shape, or form. This guy wasn't a rapper three, four weeks ago, if you reported on him. But now, all of a sudden, because he got shot in cold blood or whatever may have you in a confrontation or altercation, now this guy is a rapper. Now, I'm not going to hit you all a whole bunch of names. It's just a phenomenon that I'm seeing. So, God bless the dead. I'm not disrespecting any of these cats. But it just shames me to see that now that's it. That's an occupation that somehow bubbles up to the surface when they're talking about all of these rapper deaths, whether it be um, at the hands of a deadly weapon. And I'm sick of this shit. I'm totally fed up with this shit. They're trying to they're trying to bring back um, the, int- the intimate nature of violence associated with hip hop and how we're like hand in hand. And, you know, um, you know, back in the, in the height of the 80s. They got so bad that, you know, Karis one and them had to make songs like, you know, Stop the Violence and there were gang truces based on this. But that was the byproduct of the power of hip hop. Hip hop actually stopped some of those violent activities and tendencies. Like I remember the truce and I remember that was big. Like I'm, I'm old enough, like when, when the Bloods and the Crips tied their flags together and nobody ever saw that before. And that was hip hop. So to me, I think it's very lazy lazy reporting i think it's very slovenly and i think it's very disrespectful that all of a sudden a young man loses his life for whatever reason and now all of a sudden he's a, he's a rapper even though you didn't report on him being a rapper in any way shape sound or form before this moment and I, i'm actually very tired of it so you know i think that's what i wanted to talk about hip-hop the endangered species and the way it gets reported to the modern people to um in the modern era So I'm not doing a shablao because I don't want to simulate any type of gun sounds because then they'll be like, you know, another rapper dies. Died listening to Call Out Culture. <laughs> of course. We, we, we're we're uh, a real negative influence as a rap podcast. Bang. As a collective. And if, we, if we look up and down, all the COVID deniers, if they're Second Amendment guys, maybe they die by the end of the gun. Who knows? But they don't report that. But you know, I'm I'm being facetious, y'all, because I'm I'm really upset about that phenomenon. I just I think it's very lazy reporting, and I'm I'm very very sickened by it and tired of it. I don't I, I'm almost I'm I'm I don't like it. 
I don't like it at all. I mean, I, I think it's symptomatic of a media culture in general that okay. is, it's, it's never been a great culture, I don't think. Like, I don't think the American media has been great ever. Um, not to us. Yeah. Agreed. No, agree not, not just period. in general, I would say, I but period. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but specifically regarding regarding this. Um, but now it's even more so because there's code words, right? Because everything yeah. has to be polarized. So yeah. when you say rapper shot, it's automatically speaking to a certain group of people who want to yeah. find racial overtones in, not racial overtones, but like violent overtones and tie it to race and a certain race being violent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you'd probably look at it, who's reporting it in certain ways, like, right? Like, it's going to be a, a paper like The Post. Yes. Right, like the New York Post, like something like that, that has an agenda that wants to create this idea that crime is everywhere. We're a decadent society that's celebrating crime. And this is just the chickens coming home to roost. Oh, yeah. Like, this, this oh, yeah. is the violence that's being sowed and it's coming back. And it's not not an issue with, you know, a society at large where there are, you know, neighborhoods that opportunity is completely stripped from. Um, and, you know, there's a sort of environmental and political violence that goes on in those neighborhoods that spawns a sense mm-hmm. of hopelessness and, mm-hmm. you know, young people get caught up in that because there aren't other opportunities. Instead of addressing that, they're just addressing the, I guess, not the cause, the but the symptom. Yeah. The byproduct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, uh, and and it, it's a very easy narrative for them to try to sell that to the people that are coming to that magazine or newspaper. Yes. Right. To, yes. you know, get that dopamine boost of being able to be like, see, we told you, we told yeah. you about these rappers. Hey, you know, you know, what, you know what was always weird to me was like, I remember pointing this out to my dad when I was a kid. I'm like, so wait a second. Johnny Cash says, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Mm-hmm. And that's like, artistic. Him with that, that's just like, Get oh, he just, he's a rabble rouser, right? I'm like, his name is the man in black. Yeah. Like this motherfucker did an album in a prison. Yeah, like real, real shit. No, what what rapper has done it besides like the CB4 video when they're, at, you know, what I mean, like over right. uh, overdoing MC Gusto's real life. But um, so I remember saying to my dad back then, and my dad was like, "Yeah, but it's different than you know, you know, like mm. a fuck the police or some shit." And I was like, "Why?" And he goes, "Cause how they say it." And and my my dad, I've said on the show a bunch of times. My dad, my dad fucks with mystery of chess boxing he fucks with little wayne my, my dad likes all this shit he's not like the typical come on champ turn that down like he's not that kind of guy he only ever said that about simian drugs which i've said on the podcast before that was the first rap song he's like please start this off um but i think it was like the and and, and we've talked about in other episodes i feel like maybe blueprint or somebody said it of like it's okay when white culture people can be hard because it's not because like we know it some in the innate way i don't know like we do johnny cash and we knew it was like a, a a character in a song but if um you know like 
like that that song that that caught a lot of heat uh the yg song um when there was a rise in asian hate crimes where he had that song from meet the flockers from my crazy life yes. from yeah. 2016 yeah where the whole song is about robbing people which is hilarious but he has one line in there about like robbing like a Korean store or something like that. And then they're like, I mean, um, Black Korea came back up. When Black Korea home. came back up. Right. And so came it's like, up, we'll yeah. take that down. I'm like, uh, well, it's funny. I was playing a song today for the kid at my job, the Sum 41 song, Fat Lip, where he says, Doctor should, doctors told my mom I should have had an abortion. That's a number one song. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, there's no pro life groups being like shut down some 41 for abrogating exactly abortion because exactly. it's like well we know them they're just like but it, it's like the signals that they want to acknowledge so right most people would be remiss to not know that like young Dolph was a grand philanthropist like he was it, dude, giving back to his neighborhood like a motherfucker you know what i'm saying like he didn't leave his neighborhood outright. He would donate. He would build things in there. Same thing with Nipsey. Like people don't realize that Nipsey had to fight to get that store in that little corner because he was being denied it. And he had the money. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it's like what you choose to glorify. And when when I see something, and again, forgive me because I'm just using this example. When I see like Young Crazy Shot, I think that was one of the rappers. I could be messing up his name. Young Crazy Shot was murdered. You know what I'm saying? In Memphis or some shit young rapper or whatever they start and they, it's ridiculous but like i mean to me the, the like in alaska brought up the signaling and the, and the virtue signaling and the code words they took the, the look the police had to investigate they didn't know what bobby schmurder was talking about for months mm-hmm. for months in that song and, and hot hot nigga like the song was so coded to them it took them forever to figure that fucking shit out so don't tell me that you know we're putting that on front street or that's being super glorified. I don't think it's being glorified more than anything else. But I, I just think it's a shame that that's what they want our identity to be. All yeah, of us. I, I just all I just of think us it's tired. I think it's like um, it's so tight. It's like from like the early '90s outrage playbook of Dan Quayle and C. Dolores Tucker. It's like it's like when you hear someone still sampling a, a song where i'm like bro that's that's been flipped 15 times like you're still going to use that sample like people are still flipping this sample in 2022 like yo can't can't you just do a basic search to see that sample's been ground in the, into the dirt and so when i see when i when i've always seen those things like i've had these conversations with people in my family about it where I, they'll bring that up and i'll be like yo like like what year is this like are, are you running for the campaign trail in 1992 like, are you Dan right. Quayle right now? Like, what are we talking about? Like, that's so old that you, but, but it's like, it's the same way Castro, you know, here everyone's like, oh, uh, Philly fans, you guys, you, uh, boo people. And I'm like, they boo people in New York. They boo people in mm-hmm. Chicago. They boo people in Kansas mm-hmm. City. They boo people in Florida. We're not the only people that ever booed anyone, but it mm-hmm. well, because it became a myth and then we embraced it starting in the 70s and 80s it's like anything comes up oh those see those philadelphia fans but i remember like in chicago in chicago they ran onto the field and a dad and his son beat this shit out of an umpire at a white Sox game <laughs> and no one said anything they're like oh well they just had a couple of drinks in philly they were like you gotta demolish the team you got you gotta you know get rid of that franchise those fans are a disgrace you know what i mean it's like yeah, it's self-serving it's what, self-serving what what, right. what, what imagery and, and, and what message you want to pull from a cavalcade of messages and images that you see during a game or you see in a society and what do you want to magnify? 
What do you want to echo? What do you want people to think that, um, you know, that it resonates? And also, it's, we're, in, we're in such political time, people are putting it on their campaign trails. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I saw this one guy, I'm so patriotic, you can vote for me, I'm against the, uh, what he said, I'm against the woke mob. And it was like in the bottom corner of the poster. I said, what is going on here? You're against a woke mob? You want people to vote for you? What are we talking about here? Oh, so ridiculous. So, you know, look, young black men, young men in general, young musicians, some of us do dabble in violent lifestyles. Some of them, some of us make it into songs, make it into songs to get out of your situation, make it into songs just as therapy. But I, I challenge everybody to a man to ask some of these artists how therapeutic it is to have this type of outlet as opposed to going out and shooting somebody. And I, I don't think we, me, we wouldn't be surprised with the answers, but I think yeah. the, the general public would be I'm like, what? You stopped doing that to do this? Yeah, I did. I have to go to the studio and work with an engineer and be civilized, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and get my song mixed and get it out there. Because I realize that this is gonna make me more money than trapping. This is gonna make, this is gonna give me more opportunities than standing on the corner with 18 nickel bags that I gotta sell and flip. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's low hanging fruit. That's yeah. for sure. I mean, and, and it also, it's like red meat for the base, right? Yes. Yeah. So that, you know, it's like, it's something that's going to get you instant inter interaction, both positive and negative. And algorithms don't pay attention to what's positive and what's negative interaction. No, they just, what's popular, what's click. It amplifies your profile. And, you know, I mean, I would say 75% of media engagement is finding people that hate you and have them go nuts about you. If you took away yes. all the people that hate Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson goes away. Yeah. Because he did before. You know? I saw old yeah. pictures of him. He was, he was, he was yeah. also ran. He was on Fox News. Hair was unkept. He looked yeah. like any other anchor they his, had. He was not remarkable. His entire audience is like 3 million people. Which, Joe, Joe Rogan demolishes that daily. Which is but crazy. I'd say Joe Rogan, 50 to 60% of Joe Rogan's appeal is people hate Joe Rogan. hundred percent. Same thing at Howard Stern. And this is an old, yeah, game. It's, it's an old game. It's an old game. And, yeah. you know, it's like you're giving those people power and allowing them to continue to do what they're doing by engaging with them. So I think you could engage with ideas, but it's important to ignore the people that are perpetuating bad ideas in a way that you amplify them every time that you retweet them, mention their name, talk about them. It's the same thing that goes about like with, with school shootings where you like, don't mention the killer's name, right? It should oh, be yeah. the same way with media people that are putting forth stupid fucking ideas. <laughs> because when you, when you retweet or their article or their story about whatever it is, you are giving them plays, props, an audience that they don't have without you doing that. True. I, you know, you know and I think that, yeah, no, sorry. that th th this is a similar thing to that, right? Like, you know, they, they are going to do this because they know it's going to get engagement and it's going to get, their base is going to engage regardless. Right. But they also know that the people on the other side can't resist taking that bait. Mm. Yo, you know what's wild is like uh everybody who follows me 
I'm 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 like on TikTok now, right? And what's oh, wait, you're on TikTok? I'm on TikTok, fam. I'm, I I'm, on, I'm, I'm reserving that. a spot. I'm reserving a spot for you to come join me. On TikTok, you can watch videos where they tell you how to find what all the trends are. Go to Google Analytics. Use this hashtag. Right, one dude was like, "Yo, for right now, for some reason, if you're doing music, the algorithm is rewarding seven second clips with music in them." So everyone's teaching you how to how to game the platform on TikTok, which is crazy, right? When I see and hear people figuring this out about a platform that's now bigger than Google, people have been knowing this in the media world since the 70s and 80s. You know what I mean? And then especially with cable news and then now with everything else. So they already know, like I said, like to me, it's like when I hear people say these things, I'm like, you're still talking about this shit? Like you're still equating rap with dangerous black people. You know what I mean? Like or unsightly black people that should be punished or when they die, it's clearly their fault because they are rappers because rap is crime. Like that's, that's the go-to elements, but I'm like, but the roots have been on Jimmy Fallon for 15 years, 10, 12 years. Like, <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you, like, what are you talking about? Like, like Nas does Hennessy commercials where he talks about like NASCAR drivers, like the first ever, driver of a whatever whatever sport but it's insane like ice tea come on man how long has ice ice tea been on television man 20 years like we're still talking about this stuff but you're right and that it they know that it's going to elicit some type of carnal reaction and especially if it's a slow news day there's not a lot going on you could put that in the front and be like yep see we always knew Rappers die because they're angry maniac, gun-toting, ghetto war- maniacs that do this to themselves, and it's corny. You know what I mean? Because it's like you're right, Casual. They won't. They won't say like how many jobs did Nipsey, Nipsey Hustle create? How how many how many how many shirts and hats did he move as a businessman with the Crenshaw? Like how him him pricing those mixtapes at a hundred dollars. How did that basically create like <laughs> Griselda models, Makami models? You know what I mean? Like NFT models. He did that 10 years ago. Yeah. And so it's like they're not gonna, you know, we we dwell on that because we're in this space and we love it and we're you know participants and students, but everyone else is like, nah, you got shot because he's a gangbanger. And he and you know, and that's what happens. You're gangbanger, you die. And it's like, okay, man, sure. That would be like saying like um, when John Lennon got shot, it's because he was a rock star and he was begging to die. He, he, he did drugs and he philandered with women. When John Lennon got killed, it was like a tragedy. It was like, oh, my God, he was 40 years old. Yeah. He was with his wife. It wasn't like, well, I mean, you know, I mean, he, he hit his wife apparently and he cheated on his first wife and, you know, he did drugs with Bob Dylan. I mean, what do you expect? Of course, you're going to get killed. Like no one's ever said that about John Lennon, you know. Like even though everything I said is true, so it's a it's a strange way to always cast people as the villains or like like the deserving, the deserving people that meet their demise. So there you go. All right, let's head out first break. Thank y'all, gentlemen, uh, for the first foray into this, you know, um, subject that I was very interested in talking about. But let's head out first break, and we'll be back in a second.
Co-op culture. What up, y'all's panels, man? East Hampton Polo Boys. When the catalog out now, man. We got CDs, merch, all that. Insubordinaterecords.com, man. Make sure you don't sleep on it, because before you know it, it's going to be all gone. So make sure you head over there, stream it, do all that. Long live Lord Jones, man. Win the catalog, album of the year. You know what it is. Peace. Hey, yo, she caught me fly woo garments from overseas. Beloganese with extra palm drown ratini. Fresh panini, ground grilled, chopped garlic and knowledge. Get demolished, fly air of goddess, never modest. Perfect sonics fill my palace. Why is missing? Acoustics hitting needle, bless the vinyl. Been the champion, just give me the title. It's that time, time again, we're, we're back. back. Career crooks, me and small professor. New album, Never At Peace, available now worldwide, streaming on all platforms. Very, very, very limited pieces of merch left. You can scoop it at wreckingcrew.bandcamp.com. If you've heard the Live from the Liar Notes episode, you know what it is, you know what we're about. If you haven't, go back and peep it. Play the new record featuring Shrapnel, I Alive, and Donovan Days, Blueprint, DJ Manipulator, and that's all she wrote. New back. Me and Small Pro never had these career crooks available now. Call Out Culture Podcast. Um, we're back. Uh, yeah, Call Out Culture Podcast is the most dangerous man in podcasting. That was me, Curly Castle. And my co-conspirators, that would be Zilla Rocker and the one and only Alaska. Uh, Alaska <laughs> Adams, when people call you that, even though that's not your rap name. So, I mean, it's better than like people used to just call me baked, baked Alaska. I'm like, what are you talking about? Baked Alaska. My favorite well, even rapper, before Alaska. Baked Alaska. People will call you up and ask you about your opinion on the imminent ice shelf that's about to fall <laughs> and enter the um into the ocean and raise the ocean levels uh, two, three feet. Mm. Luckily, they have not. I'm glad I don't have to get into that conversation with anybody. I'm really trying to like honestly, like I'm trying to disappear. I think like that's yeah. kind of one of my goals. Like to sort of like Twitter is going to be the only avenue that you can find me, I think mm, going good. forward and not even like to be like anti TikTok, just like I'm really liking the idea of people not knowing me like the mystery, like, you know, sort of like Jay elect Jay elect MF doom, every mm. single musician and rock star before social media was invented. Exactly. Robert Plant. <laughs> when yeah. you want to be known, when you want to be seen, you want to be seen. Exactly. What you want to Alaska. Um, Oh, real quick. Uh, just, just side note. Um, uh, tonight I helped my wife install a bidet. Wow. Um, yeah. We're, we're a bidet family now. This is day one, day zero okay. of the bidet. Um, I believe what's up Which bathroom? the main, the main no. bathroom, main bathroom. Um, I believe at the beginning of the pandemic, when everybody was hoarding toilet paper, I, I, I want to shout out Chumzilla. I'm pretty sure Chum was like, there's no toilet paper. Just buy a fucking bidet. Problem solved. I was like, that's the smartest thing okay. someone has well, said. I have to fight back on that. The bidets are good, but I still think they need to be a little bit of tissue assistance. Well, of course. You, you need, well, okay. you, you can like sit there and let it rock and kind of yes. be at yes. your own pace. You want to make an appointment dab, viewing. Dab dry. Dab dry because you don't want to just be drinking. Yeah, you, yeah you don't want to you know. get the wet underwear is a bad look yes. for everyone. So the, the bidet installation plan it's a lot of work you know you, you got to get a really nice wrench you got to get measuring tape you got to you got to turn the water so you got to turn up the hot water the cold you know all that you got to look look at the water levels in the toilet 
you, and it, but a good thing is it helps you clean the entire bathroom area because you're like wow there's just urine stains in places i didn't know urine could go but i have a six-year-old so i'll be uh I'll, I'll, maybe i'll do some weekly progress reports because i'm i'm not very enthused personally I, I feel very evasive about this whole thing but it's what it's what the wife wanted for christmas after a, a couple of the items i bought her didn't work out so she was like i think i just want to you didn't get your day. raekwon book but, you I know, did I'm, not. I'm, I'm I, well, I'm trying. You know what? Honestly, I'm trying to get on Audible because I want to hear him. <laughs> I want to hear Ray. See, wait, wait. You read don't, this here's the weirdness. Is he reading his book? Or I mean, Prodigy read his book. Yeah, you know I, mean? I was doing so, but I mean, yeah, my infamous life. Um, I'm I'm on the fence. I I I think I might just cop it because I get paid tomorrow. But um, I did not get the Rayquan. I I got an ill like black button up cardigan. Shouts to Alaska. I got the the black cardigan for Christmas. And then the ill, the ill light, super lightweight, thin Eddie Bauer reversible, like mountain climbing winter coat where it's like thinner than a denim jacket. But the week we've had, I'm sweating wearing this fucking jacket outside. It's it's crazy. Big advocate of the the outerwear that's thinner than anything. So anyway, um, just just want to hit you guys with the bidet with the bidet updates. Nice. <laughs> so anyway, so I think um so on our break we were just talking about you know this this topic as a whole, and there's the hip hop side of it, but then there's like the what what Alaska and Castro were saying about like like the me the media manipulation and then using rap as like the pinata at any time when someone's on the campaign trail as like low hanging fruit to stand you know I'm against these rappers and thugs because I am about you know, family values or whatever. I don't know. Right. Um, right. And so I, I think the more, more important thing is like, when, when did you first realize that on your own? Like, wow, the, the media or politicians or local community leaders, like they're overly stacking the deck against hip hop. Well, obviously the big, the big thing that sticks in other people's minds and, and, and in mine as well is um, the, um, the over exaggeration of, so you Lewis Tucker with the um, steamrolling machine. Mm-hmm. Steamroller, yeah. <laughs> rolling over CDs. Like, are you kidding me? Like, it was just so over the top. And if, if anybody remembers, they were hooping and hollering it, like rain dancing. Woo-hoo! And like having a great old time. But um, another incident that caught my eye, this is a little late in the 90s. The day after Tupac died, I was in Philadelphia. And I woke up. And now, mind you, us hip-hop enthusiasts, none of us thought Tupac was going to die because he always kind of gets shot and recovers. This yeah. will be like the third time. We've seen him recover yeah. from like groin shots, head shots, shootouts with police. So I don't think, you know, we weren't being naive, but we were just assuming that a couple of grazes, we didn't think it was like critical shots. That's that's how we, I remember not being reported as such because I think they wanted to fuck with us, to be honest with you. They didn't tell us where the bullets were or, you know, if it was lower extremity, high extremity, if it, you know, if it was any problem. Um, Important tissue hit. They didn't mention that. They just said shot um, as a larger descriptive term. So he passes overnight. And on the, um, I think it was the Daily News. I'm in Philadelphia. I wake up and somebody wrote, the, the headline read, that's a rap. And I mean, this man has a mother. Wow. You know what I'm saying? This, this man has a, a supreme fan base. A fan base, I might want to add, that started with his revolutionary um, tactics. Mm-hmm. His fan base was built from that, strictly from my niggas. Brendan got a baby, um, you yeah. know, talking about the government and things of that nature. His thug life came a little bit later, and then the whole West Coast opulence came even later than that. But if you were a fan of Tupac early on, like I was, 
it was very much because he was a, a revolutionary stalwart. He had Black Panther lineage. Godfather was um, uh, Geronimo Pratt. His mother was in the um, was in the Panther Party. She got released maybe ten days before she had him because she was going through um, either the Panther Twenty One trial or it was a number of trials. Trust me, you don't even have to really pinpoint. It was a number of trials trying to incarcerate any Panther they could find. And so that's where his base is. That's where it started. He was on Digital Underground, same song. He was in movies yeah. like Juice. He was, he was doing his thing. So he definitely started on a revolutionary platform. Nobody can take that away from him. So to be so insensitive to this somebody's son, somebody's brother, somebody's cousin, um, and um, kill too young actually to be somebody's father, but definitely somebody's accomplice, somebody's friend. And for you to write, that's a rap. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, that's some bullshit. And, and what's a rap? And they, and they spelled it, you know, R-A-P. Like, were they laughing in the newsroom? Don't these things have to go through a couple of um co-signers before they especially cover story with covered block lettering, you know what I'm saying? And, and this is gonna be on the front of the of the paper. Yeah. And they had the audacity to print that. It's this it was disgusting to me. It was I was sickened. I was sickened to my stomach when I saw that. So I think that was the major first major, major one uh, above anything else. So I, I have there's two that really stand out to me. Um one of them was like the Puff Daddy City College thing. Mm. So oh, the stampede, the, the stampede, stampede. yeah, yeah, oh my wow, God. yeah. Like that was a big one because that was just like that dominated the news. Yes, it did. Like dominated the news. Um, so like that was like a huge one that like I was like, wow, this is crazy. Um, they're really on it. And then like, this isn't necessarily the news, but it was like when radio stations started advertising as, you know, the hits of the eighties, nineties and today with all, without all that damn rap, mm. but you know what I mean? Like to me, I was like, okay, this that. is, those were the calls. I remember wow. that. They, those, were, those were the call lines. Yeah, this this is something that drives an audience. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there's an audience of people that that what they're saying means something to them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it wasn't just like, it wasn't like, I don't like rap music, so I don't want to listen to a rap station because you know where to go. Like, you know where to go for the music you want to listen to on a radio right. back in the day, right? right. Those advertisements were, were funny because there weren't any rap stations. Those advertisements were very funny because there wasn't any rap stations. But you, no. you're trying to I mean, there was, there was a rap station. Or like there were stations that would have an hour of rap music. Right. But this would be like right. rock stations. Like we don't play any of that rap crap. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, so like, but, th but then they played Eminem. That was the, my well, favorite. Yeah, like, when they started playing the real Slim Shady, and they like, still played the Beastie play... Boys like crazy. They played the Beastie Boys exactly. Everlasting Kid Rock, but they hated rap. Yeah. Gotcha. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. Like you know, so th those were two big ones for me. Like. I mean, the, the Daily News had the, the Puff Daddy thing. Horror was the headline of, like, the, the front page of the Daily News for, like, when that shit happened. Like, just giant block letters that say horror. And, like, somebody, like, basically... Or too young. There was an incident at, um... Who was that? John Jay College, right? City College. City College. And so... It was a stampede event. People got scared. I don't even know if a weapon went off, but there was only one exit 
that was appropriated for entrance and exit. Yeah. And, uh, and but it was at a college where it was a gym also where there's multiple exits, but those are closed. And everybody Locked. was trying to get out. Thank you. Everybody yeah, I, I believe out. they were padlocks closed. Everybody was trying to get out as one exit, and, and they ended up suffocating and stamp and stamp and trampling some of the patients, um, some of the um, patrons to death, to death. And the media was on Puffy's ass as his heat was yeah. as his heat shot, whatever, or if he caused the, the ruckus for them trying to get out this exit. It was once in fear. It was just too many. The obvious yeah. problem was there was too many people in that, in that side of the space. Yeah, they let so too the many people in. It was so popular that they, they were letting people in and taking that money. Yep. But then they demonized it on the back end when they were when they were wholly unequipped. When shit went sideways. A, a crisis, right. Whether yeah. it had been a fire, somebody yelling out gun, whatever it was, they were wholly unequipped. But these are the same people that took all of those people's tickets. Took all the people's money, yeah. Ignored all the fire hazard things that they probably got a whole list about, hey, once you get to this number, yeah. cut off and all that stuff. They ignored all that. They were happy dancing anyway. Didn't give it didn't give that money back. It was no fun for any of those um Nowadays, people pay for funerals and stuff. Nobody paid for anybody's funeral or anything like that. Yeah. None of that. It was, yeah. it was just, oh, my God, nope. Puffy and this rat. It was radioactive. If you touched that, yeah. then you well, were Well, you know, this, this was before Puffy was Puffy. Mm-hmm. This was when exactly. Puffy was just a kid coming MCL. from Howard on the train yeah. to throw parties and do promotions. Like, that's he was a kid. You know what I mean? Like, the university is who needs to be responsible for those things. Right, not a college student who's putting together a benefit concert. Exactly. Right, like they're the ones. The university and the student union are the ones that should be hiring the security, making sure that capacity is met, um, you know, or not, you know, not oversold. It's like all of those things are the ones that should be taken care of. But it was billed as rap music did this. Yeah. Specifically, this young kid. That's that's heavy, man. I I remember. Yeah. Um, PFZ, what are you? Uh, I'm just trying to think of like. I mean, uh, my stuff. I remember like the main one early on was like, was Snoop like murder was the case era, mm-hmm. when it was, was like everyone was like that was on MTV. That was on. It was everywhere. Him, him, yeah. him doing the show, and then you know cops on their way to get him at MTV. Um, but I remember like. You know, again, from like CB4 and the gangster rap era and like the whole hubbub with Easy e and everything of, you know, like F the police. And I, I remember all those things, but I, I wasn't aware of like the media. I just remember like people being like, oh, those guys are fucking dangerous. Like, holy shit. Every, everything they're saying is real. Like they do all these things. But I remember with the Snoop thing, it just felt like. It looked like everyone just wanted to nail this dude. And that was the tone of like. Because he was the biggest dude out. He set all these records yeah. like fastest selling solo rap album ever. And, you know, he was he was the biggest guy. And Doggy Style's perfect. So it's like they wanted to already chop him down and get him for whatever was happening. And I remember like, you know, when, when he was at the trial and he was found innocent, he put like, you know, put the prayer hands to his head. And I remember just like, you know, he was my favorite rapper in the world at that time. So just being relieved for him. But it was like this whole buildup of everyone being like, we're going to get him. Like he deserves it. He did it. Look at all these disgusting lyrics. Look at this album cover. All these activist type people. And then you put him in a courtroom, and it's like, no, he actually didn't do it. You know, like it didn't. It didn't happen the way you wanted it to, just because he has songs that your kids like, yeah. and they, and they're calling you a you know a fucking clown or whatever. 
and you're you're falling for it. But I I think like I, I here's one something I want to flip on its head. So um, I did like a little one shot just for our Patreon fans on a uh, Spider Man three, right? <laughs> so if you're on Patreon, you get little mini tiny episodes from one of us, right? Anyway, James Franco is in the first Spider Man series, and James Franco, like, okay, imagine if two chains did this james franco like three years ago four years ago had an acting school where he would have female participants and actresses come to his school and violate them while making them do sex scenes with him he did that shit so he basically created like artistic rape and he got his spot blown right but this was like at the very, very beginning of Me Too. Um, and so he just kind of like laid low for a while. But then HBO brought him back for the deuce where he's the main character. He plays two identical twin brothers. Great show. But they still did the show with him. And then he just didn't do any press and he was kind of laying low. So I saw a couple of clips of him talking about it now, you know, three, four years later. He's like, oh, you know, I realized what I did was wrong. And, you know, I'm, I've been counseling for addiction, sex addiction. I was like, let two chains do like one of that once, right? He doesn't get to just lay low and be on a TV show. Nope. Because the presumption is he's a savage animal. And even though he's a dad and a part owner of the Atlanta Hawk CBA team and has a show on Vice, and he's basically to me like the down south Snoop Dogg at this point. It's like James Franco, he'll probably be in a movie again. Like, you know, he just took basically took like a two year, you know, gap year, just kind of laid low. And then he's kind of like, oh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I did it. It was wrong. Uh, uh, yeah, but, you know, here's the new thing I'm working on. So I feel like even now, he, him, him literally raping women under the guise of art in front of people, like in a school of acting. And saying to them, like, you, if you can't do this with me now, how are you going to do this if Michael Bay calls you to be in a movie or something? Like, he did this shit. Well, he's, you know, come on, man. He's a handsome dude. He's been never had a problem getting women. But it's like when he does, you're like, oh, heavens, what? James Franco versus if 2 Chains does it, it's like, well, see, I knew it. I knew 2 Chains, like, you know, from that perspective of the media. And I think that's like. I remember like years ago in media class, because that's what I went to college for talking about like how in the 80s and early 90s, it was like all the the depictions of black men on television were criminals, thugs, drug addicts, drug dealers, whatever. And how like just always seeing that imagery either introduced or reinforced like every awful stereotype of people. Whereas, you know, we know. How many black men are in this country compared to white people? <laughs> like it's like it's not even fucking close. But always showing the imagery, whether it's on the show Cops or you know whatever during the crack era, it's like I think that ripples through now. It's kind of fucked up to say, but it's like James Franco. I don't even know if you guys knew about that shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we, I knew we, about that shit. Right, but it, it, so it's not like he's think of here you go. Great example. He he literally rapes women on stage, right? In the name of art. Dave Chappelle makes jokes about trans people, and it's a three-month thing, right? Like, I, it, it's just weird. Like, I, and Dave, but Dave is Dave Chappelle connected to rap in some way? Yeah, 
Dave Chappelle block part. Like, I'm not saying that's the only reason, but I'm like, it's weird to see how people hold these value systems and give a, a per oh, well, you're allowed to make that mistake, I guess, versus, oh, you deserve to get whatever the hell's coming to you. I think that's the thing I find yeah. most repugnant. Kevin Spacey, world-renowned, everybody likes him, tenses his cheek. And you come to find wow. out he's the, he's the fireman carry boys. Come on, 15-year-olds. 13-year-olds, he's carrying them in his arms, like, across the threshold, like, you know, just on, disgusting bro. things, just disgusting things. So, yeah. Um, it just goes to show, like we all know about this. We write about it in our songs, that you right. know, and inequalities that we see. The media glorifies it in their coverage, but all I'm saying is, you know, even from our original part one of our episode, is we don't have to stand for it. I'm not standing for it, right? You know, I'm, I'm bucking that system. I'm not just gonna sweep it under the rug or let it go. Rapper, whoever is not just gonna, you know, die at the hands of the media because I think it changes that. That bullet been gone. Now the media is killing this kid. Mm. You know what I'm saying? With a semi-automatic over and over again shooting this kid who's in who's, who will be in the ground within five days. Mm. Um, so yeah, you know, a lot of that has to change. I mean, I do like independent media because you know they can take their stance and not be called into the newsroom or their stuff gets all chopped up. Right. Um, yeah. so there's some hope there. You know what I mean? But um look, it's funny because we're in these COVID times or whatever, but I've just been telling people, take care of yourself. Take care of your immediate self, your immediate structure, your, your, your molecule, you and your closest ones, your family, your friends. And hopefully that radiates outward. Because that's all, you know, people don't know I'm going through, you know, major therapy right now. And all I'm trying to do is just radiate power, positivity outward. Right. It reaches my therapist and they reflect it back to me. If I was some curmudgeon here, cursing and slamming the machinery, I don't want to do that. I, I'm a, I have this uh, I have this hook type extender arm to help me put my socks and my pants on because I have mm. certain restrictions of how I can move. Should I take offense to them? Oh, I'm, a, I'm a pure-blooded American. I should be able to put my pants on. No, I can't put my pants on the way I used to right now. Mm. It's going to take me some time. So my humility has to take a back seat to my desire to want to bring back some sense of normalcy. Mm. And I'm never going to be ashamed of that. I'm radiating positivity. But, and everything they teach me in here, they teach me how to put on my socks. I'm gonna be the best sock put on that you fucking know in your life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um, same way, I'm gonna be the best fucking rapper you ever seen in your life. Mm. And I don't mind people, you know, so called. Like we bring up dog, like people want to know what they want to know. I know some dangerous individuals. I know some not dangerous individuals. Right. You know what I'm saying I know some criminal rappers. I know some way uncriminal rappers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know some girls that are more criminal than some of them. Some of them oh, so shit. I, I, yeah, I'm not letting the stereotype stereotypes don't run me and I will not let them do such. And like I said, I will continue to buck this trend. I will fight and I will keep talking out about this type of thing. But, you know, I'm, I'm with Alaska. We're going to wrestle free that, um, you know, that, that um, the media machine that we need. They mm -hmm. can have that media machine that they got. We're gonna wrestle free the little little section that we need that we can use, and we're gonna use it. We're gonna manipulate it, and we'll, no, we're gonna utilize it to our positive ends. And that's that's what I gotta say, John. I respect it, man. I I, yeah. I think it's just interesting. Like, I'm curious, you know, all of our 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 listeners and and friends and peers. I'm sure like they've noticed this shit too. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. Yeah. It just always feels like. 
Right. Like it's we're, we're all pretty sharp people. I just feel like it's always, you know, like everything is, is assumed to be less than or gross or like I said, hyper violent or guilty already. And it's like it's from the hip hop world. Whereas like actual like Epstein, Kevin Spacey, like these people do actually like really heinous fucked up shit. Right. And in the yeah. rap world, some of the dudes that have done like wild shit, like G Dep committed to, you know, or, uh, you know, gave volunteered information and he murdered somebody. Like he's, you know, rap people have done wild shit too. Like th- th- that's obvious. Like if you watch the DMX documentary, like it's, it's really powerful. He, he, his whole life struggled. But I feel like if DMX struggles, it's like, well, yeah, he's a fucking maniac. Whereas like, if like uh Alaska, what's the dude from Van Halen? Um what's that motherfucker? Name? David Lee Roth. Yeah, like if Dave when David Lee, if he's on like celebrity rehab four times, it's like, well, he's just he he's got a disease. You know, I'm what glad you brought up G Rap. He he G Dep My bad. Regardless of his religion or whatever, he needed redemption. Because mm. he was free and clear. Nobody knew anything of that um incident. Nobody knew he took a life, but in his mind. I need redemption. And maybe that was him hanging out in the hip hop sphere. Maybe mm. that was him saying, hey, you can, there's a lot of retribution in hip hop. So when we hear these tales of these cats that used to um, trap or uh, be on the corners and stuff, they right. literally are, and, but before I, I turn in their life around, literally. You, oh, you know, you know what it was real quick? This is what I'm, I'm you, as you saying that, it reminds me, like, remember like when Common did like the White House thing for Obama and they were like gangster rapper Common? On like Fox News or some yeah. shit, or gangster rapper Ludacris. Or yeah, Ludacris. Yep. Or or like what's that bitch? What's that bitch named Tommy? Uh, I don't know. Remember that white bitch, uh, <laughs> Tommy Laren. Yeah, remember she called Jay Z something like, "Oh, your husband." He said Beyonce, like your husband was oh, yeah, a the, fucking drug dealer or some shit. Dealer, yeah, so many years ago. Yeah. I'm like, that's not a secret, hoe. Like that's old. Like that's old. That's you know old records. Super old. Super. That's old. What, but that's what I'm saying. Old. Like I remember when that happened. I was like. You, your only shot against Jay-Z, now a billionaire, is he sold drugs in like 89 to 94, like 30 years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Low-hanging fruit. That's what I'm saying. And that's it's how like, they want to introduce these folks. Get out of here, yo. Get out of here, man. These people have turned their life around. They become overnight entrepreneurs. Right. And I, I keep on bringing up Dolph and Nipsey. Look, uh, I want our listeners go look up what young Dolph did for his community. Watch that list go from page two to three to four to five to six to seven. Go look at some of the testimonials about people that were touched by Nipsey. Shoot, Nipsey changed the damn industry. People <laughs> was changing how they was pricing their CDs. People were changing how they were acting. People were changing how they were getting property and not just trying to sell them T-shirts on a, cor- on a corner with a fold-out chair. It was like, yeah, we need to acquire property. He made that known. There's whole, there's like these Ten Commandments of Nipsey. Go check those out. Mm. They're real. He, Nipsey was about to get into, um, he was about to start telling kids, um, kids and um, cats in the hood how to truly invest, how to look over a portfolio, wow. how to take you know twenty dollars here, forty dollars there, and put it on, in a stock or an IRA. He was mm. about to tell them all of that. He was right there on the verge. I think he was about to um get into Bitcoin before it got like campy. Right. I don't think he was going to make like a nip coin. He was about to really get into Bitcoin. He was, and he was going to tell everybody in his neighborhood or anybody wants to listen how he was going to do that. Because him and his brother, Black Sam, that's what they were all about. 
Wow. That's what they were all about. That's crazy, bro. That shit is hard. Alaska, you got anything to add? Well, I, I mean, I was thinking of like sort of the athlete um, comparison, right? Mm. Um, where when an athlete commits a crime, like even you think of like rape, right? When an athlete is accused of raping somebody, right? Whether it's a high school star, a college star, mm. the media reaction. And like not even media, like community reaction a lot. The reaction is like that girl is ruining that boy's life. Right. Whereas, you know, if it was the shoe was on a rapper, it would be the rapper's an animal. Yeah, we already know exactly. This is a culture of crime. This is a culture of denigration of women. And you know, I, I think. It all just comes back to the lazy media narrative and an audience for these things mm. and the stereotypes that they build up within our society. Mm. Right? Like, you know, I mean, anybody that rapes a woman, in my mind, should be thrown. Like, if you're going to have yeah. prison, those are the people that need to be in prison. In general, it's a fucked up thing, like the way that we look at a group of artists who are are being creative are making music improving people's lives and we buy into stereotypes Mm. right it's like and it's such a cliche to even say this right now but if al pacino and robert de niro were coming out of a restaurant and got lit up by some mafia dudes they wouldn't be blamed for the violence that they put on the screen in their art Good call. Like, you know, I feel like this is an argument that's constantly made, but it's the truth, right? Like, if Wes Craven was stabbed to death by a lunatic, nobody would be like, well, you made Freddy Krueger. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you're cultivating a culture of violence. You come from a culture of violence. So the same shit, the same... The same consideration should be given to artists who are making music that are talking about the community and and the world as they see it, right? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't they shouldn't be considered the violence that they've seen in their lives. They should be seen as somebody that's talking about the things that they've seen. They should be given the same considerations as, you know, anybody would be. Sean Cunningham, who created Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th. You know, somebody chopped off his arm with a machete. Nobody's blaming him. Right. Right. It's fucking, it's, it's psychotic to me. And I, I think like with rap, it's like, because it was the first genre when dudes were like, no, this is me. This is my life. All I only spit the real. I'm, this is the ghetto CNN. I only talk, only rap about what I know, right? I like, agree with you. I, I, agree I don't with think that that's that's necessarily true because people, they, they didn't question the content of the other musical genres. Nobody that's, asked that's what I was gonna say. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, but rock so, dudes are like, "Yo, I rock. This is my lifestyle. I'm rocking." Right. So then, so then what? So when like Sex Pistols or Judas Priest, like, what? Why? Why is it more quote unquote real when Easy E does it, but when D. Snyder from oh, Twister. You know, I mean, they, like, like what, what, what separates it? 
musician playing instruments. Mm, they music with that. other forms than just their mouth. Talk always, that shit. Know, today, just revealing the people that I'm a musician. I always start and I have a whole, I'm a musician. What do you do? I'm a rapper. You play mm. anything? I tap my throat. You know, that's my instrument. You know what I'm saying? And I think <laughs> the perception that we're talking about with these other genres, they play instruments. They do mu- It's music. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we could take it at surface value. It's music. As opposed to what we do. You know, and I'm I'm not mixing words, but I heard people saying it's a bunch of niggas talking. Oh, that was from the daylight. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what they think. Mm. Bunch so of cats what, do you, talking. what do you think? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I was Well, what do you think of this, right? Because like rap artists talk about like, you know, I'm reporting on my life, on the things that I see on the world around me, right? This is this is all real. It's not some imaginary shit. It's not some romanticized thing. Right. Right. Which is often like kind of the thing that journalists try to go for as well. Mm. Right. Like we talk about the world around us. We're, you know, telling you how, how things are, what's going on, but it's not considered sexy. Do you think Uh, there's an element of jealousy there? Yes. Yes, there's to me clearly that in a Gulf Castro's point, for you to even modestly play a bass guitar, right? That that takes some fucking time, effort, investment, money, blisters. Like, there's a lot that goes into it. Even being like Sid Vicious, who was terrible as a musician from the Sex Pistols, right? I think what has always bothered people, older people, the generation before us about rap was like. Oh, there's no musicality. What are they doing? Like you said, they're just talking. They're just, you know, saying this and saying that. And it's like, okay, can you do that then? Say that shit on beat. Make that shit rap. Tell a story. Do a hook. Can you do that? And I've always said to people, I'd be like, you know how many how many actual words are in a rap song compared to like a rock song? Rock song, a verse has four bars. Then there's a bridge, and there will be two verses. Right, is is but because it's all about melody, right? It's not even about the vocabulary. But I'm like, okay, but like I was listening to um, I was listening to sh- uh, stress, the extinction agenda today. Come on, bro, <laughs> like <laughs> that's '94. Pharaoh doing things no human had ever done in the world on that album. So still to this day, still to this day, right? So <laughs> I think there is a clear cut level of gel, and it's yo, know, I see it all the time with these media motherfuckers where it's like. Because they've chosen a field, me Alaska, I mean, you talk about this all day. Because they've chosen yeah. a field where it's like, I'm I'm either a quote unquote freelancer who who sidestep the the comforts of a nine to five. I'm a fucking maverick, and everything I do is important because I'm not a fucking plebe like you. But then every media company they work for gets bought and sold, and then they're on their fucking on the corner without a job every seven months, being like, fucking corporations are trash and whatever but then you have the flip side of like oh yeah i went to fucking brown university and now you know i make fucking thirty two thousand dollars a year writing for huffington post or some shit like you know what i mean it's, it's gonna be a hard pill to swallow when the baby made 50 fucking bands to do a verse you know what I mean? he's and he's problematic so it's like they're always we know this, man. Like it's the eyes and ears of what people are going to be ingesting. And I feel like what rap it's always been 
it's like like even when we did our fantasy draft last week for fun when i said like the bill o'reilly shit with cam and 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 mm-hmm. dame like they were saying very viable things like why do you talk about us this way why don't you talk about cam being a businessman and like having a label giving people jobs teaching people to be entrepreneurs that's what we do at rockefeller it's a bre- it's basically a business school you're not going to say that you're like, oh, you're, you're corrupting the youth and you're glorifying bitches and hoes and violence. He's like, it's entertainment. He's like, what's the difference between me doing this? And like you said, De Niro and Scorsese, like being in a movie and selling the movie and making money off the movie. Like, what the fuck's the difference? It's all the same. So I, I totally agree. I mean, Alaska, this is this is all of our fucking combos. <laughs> yeah, public, I mean, though. you know, uh, um. I want to point out something like about what you're talking about, the writing on the records. Like Homeboy Sandman mentioned that on one of his records that I wrote more on this record than the Beatles did in their entire discography. You know, like just the the amount of writing that goes into that. Um, but yeah, I think I think there is an axe to grind. And I think that it goes back to what we were saying earlier, that the only real viable way for a lot of journalists to make ends meet is to create clickbaity shit, right? Like, I think go. that they were sold a lot of a lot of them were sold a fake bill of goods. That there was going to be a ton of media jobs. The media industry is drying up. Local newspapers are calm. They don't want to work for local newspapers. They, you know, all kind of thought that they were going to be on the next Gawker, the next Bill Simmons have this online platform that, you know, was going to free them to become these, these mavericks that changed the world. And it didn't happen. They're all bought up. Yep. Because, you know, that's what always happens with anything. It gets bought up. Yep. Um, so now that the only way that they can make ends meet is to profiteer off of other shit. In some cases that means, you know, taking the approach that we had talked about where it's like, you know, red meat for the for the base or it's you know the defenders of the people that they're talking about like there's a ton of great writing and um you know articles coming out about the these artists as well like you know jeff weiss and those guys are doing great work um you know when it comes to shit like this so you know there is there are people talking about it but they don't have the big platform Oh, speaking of um, speaking of Weiss and, and when his writing, um, that's another person, rest in peace, Draco, Draco yeah. who lost his life at a um, sponsored concert. Yeah, and, and it seems like why nobody's talking about the concert and their security where somebody can have a, a, a scuffle and y'all lose control of that many. I saw it as a mini crowd in the back in the backstage, and he gets and, and, and he gets a knife to the neck. Yep, meaning security failed him. Was it Coachella? Promoters or, failed. Promoters failed, organizers failed because he should have been safer than he was. All of them should have been safer than they were. Yeah. But they'll try to blame the element of hip hop and all that. But no, like yeah, how did this person get this thing? How did this person get this weapon in? Yeah. How did this altercation get started where the main artist who was literally about to go on stage in a few minutes gets separated from his protection? You know what I mean? So yep. a lot of things have not always the case. Yes. Here's, here's a great thing, great way to look at this, right? Like, Woodstock 99, we had a big episode about this. Yeah. Still one of my favorites ever. Shout out to Mike C. Town. They, 
found every single way that they could avoid blaming the artists on there. Yeah. To, you know, discuss what happened, to discuss the violence that happened, the sexual assault that happened. You know, it was the vendors, it was the, the, the venue, it was the promoters, it was MTV. It was, you know, all of the shit. It was, there was always another reason for it. They tried to find the- It was Fight Club. Society. It was, was that? Well, it, it was, was Fight Club, Club. It was, didn't come out for six it months. Was it was the angst of young men. It was all this. It was never, you know, shitty rock music <laughs> that caused this. Right. Yeah. It was only shitty rock music, like when everyone agreed that Limbiscuit and Corn sucked. Yeah. But but no one blamed Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh you no. I mean? And the immediate aftermath, like they were, much, were they were way below. Yeah, they were way low on the totem pole compared to because Limbiscuit yeah. has a song called Break Stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? And then they made a song, but you know, they were only on their yeah, second the Red Hot album. Chili Peppers ended their set with fire. Right, on, on their fucking 10th yeah. album at 40 years old, you know. Yeah. But again, it was like, like they're, they're, but they're like, they're the fun rambunctious ones with socks on their dick. They don't mean anything versus, you know, this dude talking about like, you know, a pack of chains, oh, cut your ass raw. You know what I mean? He's selling fucking 4 million a week with a fucking hat on backwards and shit like an asshole. But you're right. It's like they, they just want to the, the, they've already built a narrative of who they don't like. Castro we know this in basketball. The officials back when Ron Artest was playing, they're like, oh, we're going to get him tonight. We're going to get Ron Artest. We're going to get Rasheed Wallace. We're going to yep. get um, Draymond. You know, we're going to get, yeah. get Shaq a little bit. Yep. We're um, going to get him. All right, y'all. Listeners, we have come to the conclusion of what I think is a good topic. Media manipulation and the premature death of the hip hop youth. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what is it? What do they say? Um, rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah. Right. And that could be the name of the episode. Um, but we have come to a conclusion of that. We hope y'all enjoy it. We hope you, you know, we sparked a couple of conversations. You know, mm. we hope that you know, we can get on Twitter and other platforms that we all frequent and we can talk about this some more. So we can take back what's ours, which is our image, our output. And our excellence, we can reclaim all of that from these schools. They don't dictate shit no more. Shit, they don't even play videos on MTV and BT anymore. Nah. Those people are out. We don't need that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't need them no more. So um, nope. we, want, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Call Out Culture. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, we have Facebook, right? Nah, nah. Nah, no. And don't Facebook. follow us on Facebook. Um, follow us on Instagram. Yep. And also, I want to shout out Zilla had started a burgeoning career on TikTok. I'm killing it. Where he would be promoting material as yeah. well as call out culture. The entity that we are. So I, I haven't yeah, promoted call out culture yet, but there are call out culture fans on TikTok. I'm on my way. I gotta figure out how to promote, you know, an audio thing on a visual platform. It's tricky. I'm learning. I'm I'm just a student on TikTok. I spend the first five years just learning the game. And then I dominate. Hey, no problem. Yeah, stay tuned. Wrecking Crew, Alaska. Yeah. Coming. So, um, I'm not going to be on a commercial field. 
um, things appropriate with the episode. You know, everybody knows you. Everybody knows you. Yeah. So we'll be back now for tuning in. If you want to become a patron, instructions will be in the description of most of our um, blurbs. Spotify, iTunes, or on YouTube. And you know, give, give the boys a chance. I think we keep our patrons well fed. Nobody's starving over here. No. And uh, we want some more people to join the party. So we're going to do another watch party. Another horrible movie. And we want to see what Yeah. Mm. All right, y'all. Call out, coach. All right, y'all. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Peace.